Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Racial approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Eric. You are listening to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. Justin, you here? I'm here, dude. All right. So we got Eric. Cool. I was, uh, I'm kind of excited for this show. I've been waiting a while for this episode. Um, but before we continue on here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, so you know, today is our Halloween episode. <laughs> now, for those of you who have any questions whatsoever, feel free to call in on our guest hotline. That is 914 Five 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 eight, and you can call in at any time during the show. Um, we love to hear from you. Uh, also, check us out in chat. I am actually going there now because I'm not there yet. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you can hop up in chat. You can talk to us there. Um, ask any questions you want, so on and so forth. And we'll have a lot of fun tonight. Uh, check us out on and Twitter. Look for us. It's all. I have more people on, and uh, we're always posting interesting and fun news about Paratruth Radio. So uh, definitely check that out. Um, I think that's pretty much it for that part, right? Yeah. I'm missing anything there? All right. Wasn't quite sure. It's been a while since I've, done, since I've uh, played in the studio and the host. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So, uh, Ween, ladies and gentlemen, we have a full hour and a half today, so we got we, we got an extra half hour today for you guys, um, which is very exciting. Uh, something I noticed in the past, whenever we do uh, holiday specials, there's always a little more information. We have a little bit more fun with it. We tend to yeah. track time a lot, uh, and we go way off topic a lot as well, especially during <laughs> those holiday specials. Um. So we'll be ready for that just in case, you know. <laughs> Seriously, it's going to happen. So don't start calling us out. It, it, we'll find our way back at some point. <laughs> um, so, Justin, Halloween. I know this is a topic we've covered many times. And it's one of our favorite holidays. Yep, most definitely. What? Yeah, I mean, what can you tell me? What do you have? Um. Well, first, I do want to announce to the listeners, too, we are doing two giveaways today. Um, one of them will be um, just a random caller uh, <clears throat> where we'll start the the uh, the call-in number, and you guys just call in and win uh, a free Paratooth Radio t-shirt. Uh, we're also going to be doing um, the... Uh, giveaway where we're going to have people calling in. Um, we want you guys to call in uh, roughly maybe after the first or second uh, break, uh, just to give us a little bit, some of your creepy stories. Uh, me and Eric have probably more than numerous of our own personal experience. Plus I looked up a couple 
of uh, creepy campfire stories. Most of these, the two that I did look up that um, I knew for sure, I'm sure you guys will recognize. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that as well. Um, like I said, probably next um, or after the first break, we'll we'll do the uh, call in for you guys, and then um, after the second break, we'll do the T-shirt giveaway as well. Um, so if you guys don't know Halloween, which some people don't, oddly enough, there are people that do not know Halloween. Uh, Halloween is a time of celebration um, for All Hallows Eve. Uh, it's also known as All Saints Eve, uh, also known as Sam Hain. Uh, and Gaelic tra- traditions, um, and uh, it's also all Hall- all Halloween, which I've never heard that before. But that's also a given name for Halloween. Um, it's celebrated on October thirty first uh, as well, um, and there are Christian and non Christian people who celebrate the uh, the event. Um, you dress up as whatever ghoul you particularly like or even a character that you like. Go to people's homes, sometimes strangers' homes, and get candy, which is scary in itself. But it has uh, been rooted since – God, I don't even know if there is a date where it all kind of started as far as the trick-or-treating – 1745, I guess it looks like, is when this holiday kind of all began, uh, especially in the uh, Christian part of things, because it kind of goes back to more of a pagan uh, Celtic uh, celebration of the, I want to say, winter solstice or the the fall solstice. Is that right? Winter solstice. Okay. Um so it it celebrates the winter solstice and Christianity had taken it into um use it as part of their um religion as well um and it I know so much about it but yet through some of the the histories that uh we were I was looking through for the show there is so much I really didn't know um What about you? What um, type of uh, history do you know about Halloween? Well, as I mentioned, uh, in regards to Halloween, back in 1745, um, that's the first time that the word Halloween uh, was really used in the days back in 1745. But when it comes to the United States, um, trick-or-treating is what Halloween is today. on it. Some people have 
of you that it was more of a dark type of uh, event, while others were seeing that it was more of a lighthearted thing. Um, but one of the things that people would do on Halloween or All Hallows Eve, which is October 31st, was light bonfires and uh, start uh, light jack lanterns, jack lanterns, stuff like that. And get the gods, their gods, to help them produce a better crop next, the following year. So they would build these bonfires and they would throw in some dead crops and animal bones, uh, kind of the sacrifice for gods. And these guys consume these or, you know, they would smell these and it would be good to them and they would bless the people with better crops the following year. Right. Um, which is very interesting. Um, and, and it, you know, thinking back to then, even in Christianity, uh, you look to the Old Testament over 2,000 years ago, before Christ, people were doing the same thing. You know, Christian aspect, God had people sacrifice animals, you know, lambs, cattle, so on and so forth, for the sins of the people. Um, and he would take these in, and uh, the aroma would be given him, and he would bless them and basically cleanse them of their sins, and they would be forgiven. Um, and, of course, that's right. all exactly what Christ came uh, in Christ's sacrifice now. Oh, Halloween itself, <clears throat> in regards to Christian roots, comes before All Saints Day. And the idea is that on All Saints Day, we celebrate the dead, those of the past. And in particular, you celebrate uh, the saints, um, which is really, I, there, there's no different than anybody else, really. Um, so why right. do we celebrate? And it's one thing, I guess, to... Uh, Recognize, you know, saints have done. You think of Mother Teresa, for example, all the work she's done. And we go even further right. back, like, you know, St. John, uh, St. Peter, so on and so forth, and all the work they've done. But unfortunately, this becomes a day where people sit around and they pray for them. And see, the, the scripture tells us is we don't pray for them, we should pray for them. Um, it doesn't help them any. Um, <clears throat> Of trick or treating, I don't know the exact year, it was quite a while ago. Um, but children, they would actually go to the door, and it wasn't originally trick or treat. They said, uh, I remember I just read somewhere, and I can't remember where I said it, but they would basically offer people, um, like soul cakes. Which is, I don't exactly know what it is, it's some kind of cake. But basically, they're treating a child, get the soul cake, and in return, they, they, I would pray for that person's relatives. Um, and that's pretty much how it all started. These kids would go place to place and for, for Christianity anyway and pray for everyone's, or claim that they would pray for everyone's relatives um, at some point. But they really did. Sorry, I'm drawing. <clears throat> and it looks like we lost Dustin. Dustin was drawing a blank because I noticed that there was no sound all of a sudden. I was like, what the heck's going on here? Uh, he's lying. Uh, so we'll just wait for him to go back in. And uh, we'll continue on. But anyway, 
jack-o'-lantern is a pretty, mm, pretty interesting thing <laughs> to say. Um, the jack-o'-lantern has a lot of different uh, history behind it. It also has a lot of interesting with a new thing so I'm just kind of going as we go here so we're having a little bit of technical difficulties on my end but so anyways I probably missed half of what you just said other than uh, going into the Christian beliefs and All Saints Day and everything else um, mm-hmm. um and I kind of agree with you as far as the saints are concerned. Like we, we have a religion that's based on worshiping God. And then we also have these people that are called saints, at least through Catholic belief that have risen above human, them being human in a way after they pass away. Mm-hmm. So to, to celebrate something like that is, I guess, blasphemous in a way? Is that how you would say it? Yeah, I would say so. Um, um, And from a Christian standpoint, and this was brought up in a conversation uh, before, um, and I'm sure she'll call in um, here or be in chat, um, but uh, there are Christians that don't participate in Halloween. Um, what kind of background, as far as that's concerned, do you know about? Like, Is it because they consider it of the devil, or is it something a little bit less drastic than that? No, it, it does have to concern uh, basically it's more of a devil's play. What they believe, um, you think back to pagan worship and stuff like that, demonic gods and and so on and so forth, and the different sacrifices, human sacrifices, all kinds of different sacrifices for the matter. Um, people see it as a glorifying darkness, basically. We see people bring up as being creatures, uh, different killers, like just in movies, Hollywood, uh, and Michael Myers, you know. You see, like, people dressing up as demonic type creatures, as demonic type creatures, and kinds of things that darkness, even people dress up as Satan himself, uh, masquerading as him. So I mean, a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, a lot of Christians see it as a very dark and evil day. And for either unholy or sinful to participate in it. But at the same time, okay. I can see where they're coming from. Of course, as you know, and I think completely differently on that particular matter, um, as do you, and a number of other people yeah. do. Um, but these days, from the original root of the holiday, no longer really represents this you know, day in which we're forcing uh, or celebrating some satanic you know, holiday. Um, it's just a day where kids get together, dress up and get candy and so free, which is wonderful. I just try um, too old to do it now. Yeah. It'd be a little weird. 
oh, come on, you were 20-something, however long ago that I moved, and you guys were just still do tr- trick-or-treating. Yeah, no, I got out of it. <laughs> Started getting bored. <laughs> so much talking. I just sit at home and buy candy. It's, it's less uh, taxing on my muscle and bone. <laughs> Less walking, less exercise. Because <laughs> we're all about the uh, muscle build, but not the cardio, right? Exactly. <laughs> I hate cardio. Fashion. Um, <clears throat> but actually, I think it's, right now is probably a good time to take a break. Um, so, yeah, everyone stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with you real shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, sublimely elegant here as always, and you are listening to Parrot Truth Radio. Ranger Station, Ranger speaking. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'd like to report a bear sighting. Location? In the forest near the side of the road. No need for alarm, sir. The forest is where bears live. But this was no ordinary bear. No ordinary bear? Yeah, one second I'm having a smoke taken in the view. Next thing I know, I am face-to-face with Smokey Bear. Let me guess, Smokey had a tip for you. He did. He must have seen me toss my cigarette on the ground. He told me never to do that because it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. He's a smart bear. Did you know that nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? That means nine out of ten wildfires can be prevented. That's what Smokey said. I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous, and you're not. Good point. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference, because nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans. Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent, brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I might look like an adult, like a person who could possibly be a parent, but I have no idea how to talk like one. And everyone knows that if you want to be a parent, you have to sound good when you say things like, Don't make me turn this car around, or Because I said so, or Don't make me come back there. I don't even really know what those things mean, but I know that I actually believed my parents when they said them to me. How did they manage to sound so convincing? Here we go. Don't make me come back there. No, that's not tough enough at all. Kids can sense weakness. Don't make me come back there. Ooh, yeah, that's better. In fact, that kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to listen to you practice your dad voice. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit AdoptUsKids.org for more information. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. This is Bill Hall, author of the book, The World's Most Haunted House, and you're listening to Paratruth Radio. <laughs> we are back to Paratruth Radio. It's a nice, quick, short break here. got your water or your beer or whatever it is you're drinking. Days. Um, <clears throat> Justin, with us still, I'm sure. What's that? I said you're with us, I'm sure. No, I'm here and gone. It happens sometimes. I figured. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, what happened? It was something happened yesterday. Uh, I was doing some working in the event yesterday for school. 
myself uh, not far, like 15 away. And I don't know, if anyone's looking at me, it's probably weird because I'm just staring at the ground, like maybe eight feet in front of me. I'm sitting in there straight, probably a good five minutes. And then someone, get, I just hear someone starting to get my attention, like, Eric, Eric, Eric. And I turn around, huh? They're like, dude, you're like out. I'm like, I oh, know, I'm not here. <laughs> they are I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, <clears throat> I've had those days, and we had a little sleepover yesterday with Cameron, so it's kind of one of those days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what you gonna do? Yeah. For those of you just joining us, uh, we're talking about Halloween, as Eric said. Um, we're going to – I think we're going to um, kind of open our phone lines now for our one giveaway that we're going to do. Um, if you have any old creepy campfire stories, uh, if you have any personal experiences that are kind of creepy and weird – Give us a call, 914-205-5558. You can also hop into our chat line at the bottom of the screen uh, if you're listening on a computer. Um, If you're listening live on the phone, which it doesn't look like we have any uh, call-in listeners just yet, uh, all you have to do is hit that one button, and it will get get our attention to to get you on the air. And then uh, after our next break, I think we'll also open up the lines for a free pair of truth t-shirt giveaway. Um, yeah. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, one of the creepy campfire stories that I found um, that it's one of the most common ones. So everybody should know it. If they don't, then it's going to kind of freak you out. Um, this one's called Don't Turn On The Light. Once there were two girls who shared a college dorm together. Their names were Meg and Benita. The girls were out partying one night. Meg noticed she forgot her purse and went back quickly to the dorm. Without turning on the lights, she walked in and grabbed the purse. Then she returned to the party. Later on in the night, Benita got tired. She got uh, she left to the dorm to go to sleep. The next morning, Meg went back to the dorm. The police officers were outside. Officer, what's the problem, she asked. There was a murder. Oh my God, please let me see. No, it's a bit uh, too sloppy, said the officer. Uh, please. Finally, the officer let Vanita upstairs. When she walked in the room, she saw her roommate covered with a clean white sheet. In the mirror, in big red letters, uh, said, Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Mm. <laughs> Speaking of, and I'm thinking about scary stories, um, and again, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go way off topic at times, and that's what I'm starting to do here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you heard about Goosebumps? Like, there's a new Goosebumps film coming out with Jack Black. No. Yeah. So, and it's something I heard a while ago, but it's just something I came across, and not much, ha- like, I didn't hear much after that, and that was almost a year ago. Um, but the other day, I was on IMDb, which, for those of you who don't know, is, well, People call it by two different things. One is the International Movie Database. The other is the Internet uh, Movie Database. So it's your pick. Um, but I was 
surfing through, just trying to check out like what films are coming up, you know, over the next mm, few months or so. And one of the big ones coming up soon is Goosebumps. And I don't know too much about it, but the basic story plot is that there's these two kids who uh, witness something creepy, I guess, and they end up meeting a young R.L. Stein, which is played by Jack Black. Um, and that's pretty much all the info we're getting so far. And I'm pretty sure that every single kid in America is going to be in that movie theater. But I also guarantee that every adult who grew up with Goosebumps is also going to be in that movie theater, myself included. And I'm going to Yeah. Yeah, well, and is this supposed to be like a biography of R.L. Stein, or is it... No, uh... nope, it's a brand new movie. It's a, a you've seen the old R.L. Stein movies, right? Or shows, I should say. Yeah, oh, okay. Like Sid Mask, for example. Right. Um, they're, they're, just, they're all stories that come out of the book. Um, this, I believe, is a, uh, is a original creation, so I'm story. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it should be pretty interesting, I think. Should be pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's it sounds like it's going to be an interesting one. Um, I don't think they've ever used him as a character in his his books before or anything. So um, <laughs> there's there was a couple of and again we're getting off subject. Um, so I do apologize, folks. Um, the uh, there's a couple other m- new movies coming out, uh, sequels to old movies that. Um, I grew up on, which is Labyrinth. They're making a Labyrinth 2. Um, they're making a Dark Crystal 2. Um, these are all by Jim Henson. Oh, right. so, and, I saw um, movie once, the Dark Crystal. It scared the crap out of me. It scared the crap out of you? It's, it's freaking scary. <laughs> Creepy looking. Yeah. And um, they're also making a Fraggle Rock movie. Um all right, it uh, looks like we have a caller in. Um, all right, Eric Hill 561, you're on the air. Hi there. Hello. Hello. Uh, well, I wanted to share a creepy story. It didn't necessarily happen on Halloween. Can I share it? Sure. Okay. Well, um, this is something that occurred, um, I believe it was in 93, and um, I was resting, and I happened to see um, two evil spirits, and they seemed to be uh, in the form of black clouds of smoke, um, and they floated towards me, and they um, paralyzed me from head to toe, and then they floated away. That was really, really creepy. Um, unfortunately, I didn't see, you know, the form of a demon or anything like that, um, but that was the first time I actually saw uh, something that was evil, dark, and demonic. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. Okay, and just for our listeners, who are we speaking with? My name is Jerry. All right, Jerry. Now, um, you said this didn't happen on Halloween. Was it even close to Halloween? No, it wasn't. It was probably around July or August in 93. And uh, I have a lot of other experiences, too, but that's just one of the many experiences I'll just share right now. Um, The other times I'll 
have to call in later, I guess. <laughs> That's <laughs> <a good> one story. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want, you can just hold on the line. We'll we'll put you on mute, and you can listen along as well as uh, when you're ready for another question. You can either uh, hit the one button again or just text us on Facebook or whatever the case may be, and then we can cue you back in. Okay, great. Thank you. Yep. All right. So there's one creepy story, guys. Um, one of very many, and we, me and Eric got off subject a little bit with the movies. Um, yeah. And we've got a lot of creepy experiences ourselves, as well as the campfire story, the other campfire story that I know a lot of people know of. Um, so, um, one that I want to share just happened recently. Um, I shared it with Eric. I've shared it with, uh, Shelly as well. Um, can't substantiate it because of course I was driving. Um, but I had my first, uh, UFO experience, uh, <laughs> as far as I know, anyways, uh, I was driving to work. Uh, I was almost to work and out of nowhere and i was looking straight at whatever this thing was um it wrote shot like straight up into the air at like a 90 degree angle to the to the ground um and then um as i was watching just shot off into the distance no trace of it whatsoever uh, no smoke trail of any kind or fuel trail, uh, as well as um, the only light source was coming from this thing. It was just a huge white ball of light. Um, again, can't substantiate it. Did not see any reports at all um, in the newspaper, in the uh, MUFON, which is a UFO website. Um in this area or in the newspapers. Um, the airport that we have here was, I'd say a good three to four miles south of where this thing was. Um, and it went the opposite direction than where the, the uh, airport was. Um, could be possibly there was an air force base over in that direction. I'm not really sure. I'd say it was a good three to four miles uh, away from me, which would have been outside of town here. Um, but it was definitely, it definitely creeped me out to the point that as I was at work, I would not look out the window outside until it got daylight. Cause I was so creeped out about it. <laughs> uh, scared of being abducted, huh? Yeah. Uh, uh, abducted, anally probed, whatever, whatever you want to call it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare touch me! Stand back! No! No! That's probably what I would have sound like if I was trying to be anally probed. Yes. Back aliens, yeah. Alien. Um, Alright, so I got a creepy one. Um, nearly as creepy as some of the ones that you already know, Justin, and some of the other listeners know. But absolutely, like the past few weeks, I mean, there's been more things in my life in my apartment. A creepy sound knocking on some of them have debunked as neighbors or just walls uh, settling, you know, stuff like that, foundation, whatever, settling. Um, but there 
bed or um, and like pick black, you know, in my room. And there's dark, like even darker, more black, I guess, across uh, the doorway or something like that, uh, which is really settling after pre-experiences, also, you know, whatever. Um, two things happened here within about a couple of days of each other. The first one, um, it's a Sunday night, it's right for our radio show, um, and I think I told you, I sent a picture that I got back in 2009, you know, work uh, by someone who uh, was a magazine and the magazine was, but picture of this werewolf and like half of his feet and the arm are dissolving, almost melting, yeah. just all fleshy and stuff like that. So it's a pretty creepy uh, picture. So I put it up on my uh, movie like stand where I keep all my movies and video games. And I just set it, I just set it there, set it on there and like lean it against the wall because I don't have a kickstand for it or anything like that. So I left it there all evening. That was before the radio show. I went to bed maybe around midnight. So that's probably 7 p.m. to 12 p.m. You do that. Um, I'm laying in my bed. Maybe, ladies and gentlemen, a loud, like, like smack, I guess. It almost sounded like wood or something going to the ground, only it sounded like it's a solid surface. And the first thing that startled my attention, obviously. And I thought, what could that be? And the rest of it is probably just my picture because of the way it's so on and so forth. It would make the frame and it's not wooden. So it would make sense. So I was about to go to sleep the next morning, and so so forth. And I look over and my picture is sitting and standing just the way that I put it at 7 o'clock the following day. I'm like, wait a second. If that didn't make that sound, then what did? And, of course, I looked everywhere. The entire living room, um, because I know for a fact that's where it came. It's an apartment. So, you know. Um, and I didn't find anything. I don't know what that was, but it was something that fell. And either A, it was put back, <laughs> or B, I'm losing my mind. Um, but a couple of days later, I am laying in my bed yet again. Um, little nightstand at the side of my bed, and I reach over to put my phone on there because my phone is my alarm clock as well. Yeah. Uh, I put my phone on, and as soon as I do, I realize something very, very interesting to me. But do I am. diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, what that means when we decide. But because of that, I pretty much set up my apartment in a certain way. You know, everything has to be to a certain distance. I put my phone down. I realized that my table was about a foot and a half away from the wall, which is not something I would have done in a typical means of it's usually me a couple of inches away from the wall. And I, I know for a fact I can do it, and maybe I'm using it at some some way, but something, 
I say something because it's been in my apartment other than me that I've gotten here. Uh, had to have moved it away from the wall. Like, and I don't remember doing it myself. Maybe I did. I don't remember it at all. Um, but yeah, it, it, that kind of me a little bit. I, I, a lot of things just happened to me, but I've never really seen stuff moved, like, in their original location. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. That's a story. I have several more, too, throughout the episode here. But Yeah, that's that doesn't sound very pleasant to me, either. <laughs> yeah, silence now on there. Um, well, um, <laughs> we're having some technical difficulties too. For some reason, um, you're cutting in out really bad. Um, and I'm not sure if it's on my end or your end. Um, so, um, I think what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. If we have to try calling in on the the guest in line with your cell phone, we'll see if that works any better if, if we're still having issues and you can just switch to the, to that line instead. Um, and I'm not sure why, cause you should be fine and it's not coming through very well. Um, so, um, and if folks, if you're hearing on both ends, like I'm hearing Eric cut in and out too. If you are hearing me cut in and out, please let me know. Uh, or we're, we're experimenting here. It's a new setup and, um, I'm using two computers, which might be cutting down on my bandwidth. So please let me know if it's me to somebody text me or call me or something to let me know that it's it's more than just um, Eric's side as well. Um, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Um, and uh, I think we will start the T-shirt giveaway as well. Uh, if you want to win a free pair of truth, T-shirt, call 914-205-5558. Uh, caller number what? Uh, three. All right, caller number three, uh, 914-205-5558. Uh, that will go on until the end of the show, mostly because we usually don't have a winner, so we would like to give away a free T-shirt tonight. Uh, so, again, Nine one four two zero five 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 eight. As well as if you want to just hop in chat, do it that way. That's fine. Uh, we'll take either caller number three or person number three that pops in the chat that says, "I want my want the Paratroop T-shirt." Uh, we'll be back mm -hmm. in just a couple minutes, and uh, here's a, just a small snippet of music. You guys have heard this before, but Eric made it, so it's kind of a uh, personal achievement for him for the show. So uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes.
Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional Book, book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading! Are you ready? Are you prepared? What if some cataclysmic event shook your every foundation? Would you and your family know what to do? My name is Jacqueline Druga, host of the Apocalypse Dennis Show. Join me every Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Prepper Broadcasting Network. Prepperbroadcasting.com, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We're there for your survival needs. folks welcome back to paratruth radio my name is justin and uh if you're just tuning in here guys uh we're talking about halloween this is our halloween episode uh if uh you have any creepy stories any uh creepy experiences go ahead give us a call 914-205-5558 um and uh again we're having some technical difficulties so if it keeps happening and uh just give us uh, or just let us know um, as well as um, Eric, I'll let you know on my end if I'm picking you up or not. And uh, we'll go sure. from there. Well, um, and I'm, uh, I just called in and uh, my basically went straight wireless and said that the call couldn't be completed. Um, so I just turned it off and restarted. I'm about to try calling in again off my phone and see what happens. So okay. we can do that on air. So uh, let's see. I'm even going to go, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and click this. And you're calling the 914 number, right? Yes. Welcome to Block Talk Radio. If you desire to speak to the host, please press 1 at any time. And there we and go. And the host will be notified that there is a caller in queue. Otherwise, please hold and you'll be able to listen to the show. And ladies and gentlemen, that's how you call into the show. Yeah. 
you hear that? I talk, and my phone talks to me. So that's how it works. So I'm going to hit the number one here. Alright, we're going to go ahead and mute your this one and go to your phone. So, oh, there we go. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Um, it's coming through better now. I don't know if it's – this is the first time Eric is uh, hosting the show uh, because of situations with Microsoft and Blog Talk Radio. We had to switch how we're doing the show here. So um, it sounds like it's going to be coming in a lot better. Um, All right. It, it kind of stinks because now you know, I had a whole hour here to get away from my iPhone 6, and now you've given me no time to back on it. <laughs> Darn it. Oh, well. Have you been playing on it all day or something? Well, pretty much when I wasn't sleeping, I was playing on it. So. <laughs> my my parents came in for the weekend, and I was so tired because I, I literally sleep all weekend. And so as soon as they left, I took a shower and was out within half hour and slept until almost 7 o'clock. So, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, 4 to 7. <laughs> I'm still tired. I can go back to bed now. Um, uh, all right. So, folks, if you're listening in, um, as I just said uh, after the break, we are doing our Halloween episode. Um, and uh, if you want to, we're going to do a random pick uh, of any of our callers to win a uh, special giveaway, as well as uh, we are still doing the giveaway for the Paratroof Radio T-shirt, uh, 914-205-5558. Uh, as I said, you can hop in our chat room, which is at the bottom of your screen there, uh, if you're listening on the BTR website. Um, and then uh, I think uh, we should do another campfire story, but we have a caller, um, and I'm pretty sure this is Jerry again. Um, Jerry, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, were you calling in to share another story? Actually, I had a question. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Uh, well, I um, had a quick question. Um, there's been several of my friends that uh, when they see some pictures of myself in a Halloween costume, you know, they're quick to denounce me, um, and they state basically that, you know, Halloween, uh, even just dressing in an innocent, non-satanic costume is satanic, and uh, then they begin to, you know, send me all these emails, you know, with regards to, you know, the pagan uh, and satanic origins of Halloween and such. Oh. And lost? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, you can. You cut out for a second. Oh, should I repeat what I said? Uh, just we got part. up to, yeah, we just got up to uh, where they're sending you emails about uh, – the pagan origins. Yes, yes, and I just simply want to dress up, you know, in an innocent costume. Like last year, um, I was a cat. This year, I'm Pocahontas. You know, and and actually, Pocahontas became a Christian. And and uh, you know, there's many ways that Christians can celebrate, you know, the innocent aspects of Halloween without doing strange incantations and ceremonies and and things like that, you know. And so if, how, what should I tell my friends, you know, that 
you want to persuade me that even just dressing up in a costume and eating candy, you know, is satanic. Eric, you, this is all you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you say that. Um, you know, that's actually a very difficult subject uh, with some Christians. And just to start off, sometimes no matter what you say, it's just not going to get through. So that's one thing you might just have to deal with. That's something I have to deal with, have had to deal with in the past. Um, but the one, I'm, I'm sorry, hold on. I got to. I got to move. I keep hearing myself talk out of my uh, headphones over here. Oh, no. Um, All right. So the one thing that we ourselves have to remember that do celebrate the holiday is that it is no longer really considered a pagan holiday. It is a pagan holiday, you know, hundreds of years ago now, um, and it's transformed a lot in in the 1940s here in America, trick-or-treating took on a new name, and it's basically basically just children who would dress up for the fun of it. It's like daily dress-up. Any child uh, that I've known has played dress-up. Little girls have dressed up as uh, princesses, you know, and things like that. And you got your cowboys and Indians and so on and so forth. And what's amazing to me is the only time it's a bad thing to dress up is on Halloween, but it's okay any other right. time of the year. And so my question to them is, what makes it so different? If we're doing the same thing on Halloween that we do any other day of the year, it's the same thing, you know. It, there's no difference there. Um, when it comes down to it, though, for the Christian aspect, it's all a heart issue. It's a heart thing. Where's your heart at within the holiday? Are you truly celebrating but like, are you truly celebrating the holiday and worshiping this, uh, you know, worshiping or praising or, you know, whatever, this somewhat pagan or this extremely pagan, somewhat satanic uh, holiday? Or is it just something that you're, you know, having a little fun with and getting some free candy or going to parties and, you know, so on and so forth? Um, you know, the one thing that's right. very interesting, these same people that – I'm sure you're speaking of, do celebrate Christmas probably, correct? Uh, some do and some don't. Some do and some don't. Okay, well, you know, we all know that, well, most of us, some of us know that Christmas is also a pagan holiday. Um, and originally, Halloween or All Hallows Eve and All Saints Day took place in May, I believe May 14th. And Christians decided to move the date back to October 31st and November 1st just so that they can pretty much not per se take over the original pagan holiday, but to help uh, relate to non-Christians at the time. Uh, It's similar to the Celtic uh, people that I forget. I'm trying to think which saint went up, went and spoke with the Celtics. Um, But the one thing that he did, we, we think of the Celtic cross, it's a simple cross with a circle around the center. Um, that's basically taking two images of two different gods and combining them uh, so that it would better relate to the people of that time. But he would show them Christianity, and, and they became believers, uh-huh. um, which is very interesting. And it's the same thing that we as Christians can do today during Halloween. There's a lot of Christians out there who will set up you know, candy and so on and so forth, and as people come by, they'll also hand them, uh, cards to come to church and have little uh, 
scriptures on there and so on and so forth. And they just treat people like friends and like family. And, you know, they, mm-hmm. children, they'll, they'll pass out uh, warm cider and things like that. So there's a lot of things that Christians can do during Halloween that is very Christian, you know, and has nothing to do with the holiday itself. Um, and unfortunately, like for me, I've, there's been times where it just comes right down to it and I tell people, like, it's their issue, you know, and it's something that they got to deal with, unfortunately. And I know, um, I think, Jerry, do you know uh, Kirk Cameron? Do you know who he is? I do, yes. I've been watching okay. him since I was a little girl. All right. Well, Kirk Cameron just came out with a post on Facebook uh, saying why it's okay to celebrate Halloween. And if anyone knows who Kirk Cameron is, that's probably one of the last things that they would ever expect him to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I love Kirk Cameron. I grew up watching Growing Pain. Uh, I actually just met him a couple of weeks ago uh, here at school. Wow. So, you know, yeah. So, you know, I've, it's pretty cool uh, knowing who he is now and being able to talk to him or listen to him, I should say, because he was speaking uh, on a more personal level who he is off screen as to what they show him uh, like in the media. Um, but he said the one thing that we can think of is when we dress up for Halloween, say we dress up as the devil, just for example, we're not really representing the devil, but we as Christians are making fun of him. You right. know, uh, it's kind of like teasing, like, ha-ha, you know, you're nothing more or less. And we all know you got to be careful with that because – Satan is not something, <laughs> you know, to take lightly. Right. Uh, there should be right. a healthy fear there. Uh, but his the fear of the devil shouldn't overpower your fear of God by any means. Um, right. And, yeah, you know, he was just saying, you know, dressing up in costume, think of it as a way of making fun of, you know, this particular holiday and so on and so forth. And also he, he continued by saying the same things I just said a little bit earlier in regards to, being a helping hand, you know, passing out candy while, uh, you know, doing good deeds, if you will, um, by uh, proclaiming Christ, you know, proclaiming the Gospels and speaking to people and asking them their beliefs about the holiday and starting up those conversations and making friends and then inviting them to church um, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of sure. a lot of good for Halloween and for Christians who do celebrate it. Um but well, it, I do know, have something to chime in on this, too. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, nobody refers to it as All Hallows' Eve anymore. If it was referred to as All Hallows' Eve, All Halloween, uh, then I could possibly say maybe those people are of a pagan religion or they're doing something that they should not be doing, which is messing with uh, powers that are not so great. Um, if you're calling it Halloween... Right. It is a it's a a happy holiday where people are supposed to be sharing their lives with almost complete strangers because you're walking down a street. Most people that you go up to the houses you don't really know because either they live on a couple blocks away or they work in a store and you've never met them before personally. Um, uh-huh. So I think for people that are Christian and are uh, condemning the holiday, they're concentrating on something negative about this holiday, which is going to further other Christians' hate or the ones that believe that this holiday is bad um, to, right. to make it even worse than what it already is. Um, so if unless 
somebody comes up and says happy all uh all hallows eve i'm which i would not even know how to respond in the first place (laughs) (laughs) um or happy samhain or something right yeah and um i would honestly say as eric said it's just one of those things you're just gonna have to brush off and take it with a grain of salt Um, yeah right by the way i just wanted to share that um i in 2008 uh, when i lived in orlando uh, florida um i actually uh, did stay home and and i did hand out candy and um christian tracks to kids and such and it was mm-hmm. one of the most rewarding halloweens i've ever had um to be able to open up conversation and dialogue with the kids a little bit and and uh, you know so when the kids go home they you know they they read something positive you know something that's uh, Christ oriented, believe it or not, and and actually, um, I don't know if you've heard of Jack Chick, um, but he writes these wonderful cartoons. He draws these wonderful cartoons um, that, um, you know, draw people to the Lord. You know, through um, th- online as well as printed uh, literature, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that's that's one way, you know, to plant seeds and, and reach out to. Um, people and, you know, children in the community and what have you. Um, Because Christians, it seems, appear to be kind of sequestered and secluded and, and, you know, um, always naysaying and, you know, wagging their finger and being judgmental and condemning, you know, when they could be, this is a wonderful opportunity for them to shine the light of Christ to uh, people coming to your door. I mean, so many times, you know, there's, Christian missionaries that go, you know, door to door, or they they go overseas or whatever to be a missionary. But this is the only time that your mission field comes to your door, and uh, I think it's a wonderful opportunity to to wear, you know, a, an innocent costume, you know, that's not demonic, uh, and uh, you know, be warm and friendly to the people, you know, that that you live around. You know, there's not a whole, whole opportunity. There's not another opportunity, like I said, where your mission field comes to your door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and I'm going to add, um, this is something else that Kirk Cameron had mentioned. When Jesus died, uh, he died for the sins of all. He was one for all. And when he rose, he conquered evil. And that's another reason why it's okay for Christians to celebrate evil, or not celebrate evil, but celebrate Halloween. <laughs> because that, yeah, that's terrible. But the one reason for Christians that it's okay for Christians to celebrate Halloween is because Christ has already conquered that of which um, people believe is an evil day. The evil has no power over us. It has no dominion here. Um, God conquered it. Christ conquered it. And therefore, it's okay, you know? Um, And it's what we're showing. That's what we're going out as Christians, dressing up. Saying, hey, right. yes, I'm dressed up in like even even those of us like I have dressed up in uh, evil type costumes, and I'm not gonna lie, I'd do it today too if I, you know, if I had the money or cared to go out, um, because that's just kind of, that's just me. Um, but it has no reflection as to who I am as a Christian by any means. Um, right. But I'm basically just stating, look, this has been conquered. You know, it has no effect. I mean, I can dress up like this because. You know, in as long as Christ isn't is in me, it doesn't exist in my life. It's been killed. It's been destroyed. Um, and I just want to. This is a very very popular um, 
piece of scripture here I'm going to read um, in regards to those, anyone out there, and I'm not condemning by any means anyone out there listening, um, but for those of you who do uh, have a problem with Christians celebrating the, ho- the holiday, uh, let me just go ahead and read this real quick. <clears throat> and this is Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, uh, where Christ says, You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, what I'm basically saying when I, by, by repeating that scripture, is yes, the holiday has pagan and evil uh, origins, and there's many people who will argue that, and I've had people argue that in the past, those who are not Christ followers. Um, but what I'm saying is that you can condemn Christians for celebrating the holiday, but when it's not the holiday and you're alone and you're doing something, I guarantee you're sinning in some way, you know, whether it's celebrating some holiday or doing something you shouldn't be doing or saying something you shouldn't be saying or gossip or whatever, in some way you are sinning as a Christian. Uh, we can't get away from that. So you've got to be careful, you know, when you're going to go and condemn someone for the way they celebrate something without knowing their heart, take a look in the mirror first. Right. And think, is it appropriate for me to say something, you know, to them? And then go right. about your business, you know, and pray about it, so on and so forth. If you see a Christian that's celebrating Halloween in a way they probably shouldn't be celebrating, then you have a right to step forward, you know, um, and say something. But, uh, yeah, you know, if you're just dressing up and enjoying the time, you know, whatever, eating some candy and hanging out with some friends or whatever, I don't see an issue with it whatsoever. I, too, did read that article about Kirk Cameron stating that he – you know, believes it's okay, you know, to celebrate Halloween because uh, Christ of the Cross had made a mockery um, out of the powers of darkness. And so, mm-hmm. therefore, if a Christian does dress up in, you know, something like that, then it's it's actually mocking the powers of darkness, you know. And I, I thought that was quite interesting. And I did, re- I did hear that before, uh, Kirk Cameron as well. And I think it's an interesting standpoint. I mean, I myself probably wouldn't feel too comfy wearing a witch costume or what have you, um, mm. just because I guess I kind of I feel like if I dress up as something, I feel like I kind of take on its persona. But that's just me. It's one of those gray areas, I think, for the Christian. It's not a black and white area. I think it's more like a gray area. Like if a Christian oh. doesn't want to celebrate it and they feel that their conscience bothers them then i wouldn't want to push it on them but then but moreover they're pushing their conscience on me <laughs> but i would exactly. definitely sh- share you know your what you had said your suggestions with them mm-hmm. okay i mean you really have to know where you stand you know and if you don't feel comfortable with something uh then yeah you just don't participate simple as that uh, and i have a lot of friends who won't participate in things that i participate in uh who won't talk about things that i talk about uh for example, the radio show, uh, we talk about a lot of dark stuff. And there's a lot yeah. of people, a lot of, uh, I have a lot of Christian friends who just don't like it or don't agree with it. But when they've heard my side of the story, they're okay with it. And they push me to, you know, to do better and work harder and so on and so forth. So it's just everyone getting on the right page. And unfortunately, it's hard to do that sometimes. But Right. <clears throat> You're not going to always have people that share your same views, and unfortunately, most people criticize what they don't understand or that yeah. they fear. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, all right, um, I think it's okay for us to take one more quick break. Eric, what do you think? Yeah, sounds good to me. 
All right. Um, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, Gerilyn, go ahead. Stay on the line with us. Um, and uh, we'll be back in just a little bit, folks. You're listening to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hello everybody, Sublimely Elegant here as always, and guess what? I know you. Well, no, we've never met, but I do know you. I know you love Minecraft. I know you love the internet. Now, I also happen to know you love colorful language. So, instead of moping around all day, why don't you head on over to my channel and satiate your deepest needs. YouTube.com forward slash Sublimely Elegant. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I grow trail. Up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we are talking about... Halloween. You totally beat me to that, man. (laughs) I I was seriously just about to click on it. Are you really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. (laughs) Next week, folks, we will work on getting the bugs taken care of. Unfortunately... Uh, we were having technical difficulties today, and Eric, this might be part of the uh, activity you've been having going on, man. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, uh. All right. Well, um, I wanted to share a couple more quick uh, campfire stories as well as uh, personal experience, which Eric knows about because it was during um, an investigation that we had um, oh, for myself. One of those two. I've got one yeah. of those two. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we're going to do the campfire story really quick. Uh, this is called the hitchhiking woman. Uh, Tom had just left a party and was driving down a dark road all by himself. That's creepy enough in itself. 
mm-hmm. it was about 12:30 at night and pouring down rain. He had only driven about two miles when he saw this faint figure walking on the side of the road. As he got closer, he realized it was a young lady and she was wearing a long white dress. He pulled over and asked her if she would like a ride. She had uh, she said she would and she hoped in the hopped hoped people can't type in the front seat uh he noticed she was shivering from the rain so he took off his jacket and offered it to her uh she draped the jacket over her shoulders and they started to talk uh to talk about nothing in particular when tom pulled up to the her house he turned to her to ask her something but she was gone puzzled he thought maybe she had already ran into her house the following day tom realized the girl had left in such a rush that she had forgotten to give him his jacket back. Uh, he remembered where her house was and drove there since he did not have a phone number to call. He knocked on the door and an old older woman answered. Tom told her he was there to pick up his jacket that her daughter had from the night before. The woman looked at him strangely and told him he was he must have the wrong house. The man was sure this was the right place. He dropped off the girl, so he began to describe her and what she was wearing. The old lady was shaken and began began to cry. She explained that her only daughter died 10 years ago on prom night and that the man had described her exactly. She said her daughter was buried up the road at Meadowwood Cemetery. After Tom left the old lady's house, he decided to go find the girl's grave. There, lying on the headstone of the girl, was his jacket. And this is a very interesting story, and that brings up... That brings up other topics <laughs> and all, uh, all together. Um, one in particular, and speaking of the white dress and this woman walking down, this young girl walking down the street, uh, is the white lady ghost. Uh, yeah. I believe you and I have discussed on this particular show uh, rather recently. Um, and that story is a little different, uh, or this one, the white lady, uh, in regards to the legend says that it's a woman who uh, – either lost or was betrayed by a husband, a fiancé, or a boyfriend, and they ended up dying. Um, And the people that end up running into her, it's typically a man that she appears to, Mm. she ends up getting in the car and eventually leading him to his death, Uh, whether she kills him or, you know, some kind of freak accident or whatever. Uh, So it's very interesting. You think of the white dress and how the stories kind of change uh, from one, I guess, legend to another. Um. Yeah, uh, but real before you go into your. Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna have you do something of yeah, yours. Yeah, I. Yeah, I actually also have a campfire story here. Um, this one's not a haunted type one. But it's a little different. Uh, the choking Doberman. I heard this one a while ago. Like I was a little kid. You know when. <laughs> these days, legends aren't that really aren't that popular. But I, I'm yeah. pretty sure when you were growing up and I was growing up. Legends were pretty big, you know. It's kind of back when they were taking root, I guess, uh, in this generation. Yeah. Or our generation. Our generation. Uh, it go- kind of has taken a back burner because now we have way more people making movies, making books, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read this one real quick. <clears throat> My cousin and his wife lived in Sydney, which is huge Doberman in a little apartment off Morabora Road. One night, when they went out for dinner and a spot of its clubbing, that's not even a sentence. Uh, <laughs> by the time they got home, 
It was late, and my cousin was more than a little drunk. They got in the door and were greeted by the dog choking to death in the la- uh, laundry room. Or lounge room, I'm sorry. My cousin just fainted, but his wife rang the veterinarian, who was an old family friend of hers, and got her to agree to meet her at the surgery. The wife drives over and drops off the dog, but decides that she'd better go home and get her hubby into bed. She gets home and finally slaps my cousin into consciousness, but he's still drunk. It takes her almost half an hour to get him upstairs, and then the phone rings. She's tempted to just leave it, but she's decided that it must be important or they wouldn't be ringing that late at night. As soon as she picks up the phone, she hears the vet's voice screaming out, Thank God I got you in time. Leave the house now. No time to explain. Then the vet hangs up. Because she's such an old family friend, the wife trusts her, and so she starts getting the hubby down the stairs and out of the house. By the time they've made it all the way out, the police are outside. They rush up the front stairs, past the couple, and into the house, but my cousin's wife still doesn't have a clue what's going on. The vet shows up and says, Have they got him? Have they got him? Have they got who? says the wife, starting to get really peed off. Well, I found what the dog was choking on. It was a human finger. Just then, the police dragged out a dirty, stubbly man who was bleeding profusely from one hand. Hey, Sarge, one of them yells. We found him in the bedroom. The end. That's very close to the babysitter story. Do you remember the babysitter story? I do. Um, Where she's babysitting and... At some point, she gets a phone call and uh, or there's like noises upstairs. Um, and then she gets a phone call that says he's in the house. Get out of the house! And they come and arrest this man who was a escaped psycho killer um, that was going to kill her. And so that kind of shows how stories evolve over time as well. So kind of what you were saying uh, with the white lady. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I have a personal spirit experience to share. Eric has uh, an experience to share or two um, from our investigations. I think I'll let Eric go first because um, for some reason I'm getting the feeling we both have one from one of the same investigations that we did. So go okay. ahead and do your personal experience. All right. Um, so this personal, I mean, I have, we both have many, and I, yeah. I'm, we have time to share a couple here. Um, we got a good 15 minutes. Um, but this particular one really stands out to me. Um, Justin and I were doing an investigation with another team, and I believe that team, was that a Monroe Falls team, Justin, or do I you remember? Believe, I believe, yeah, I think they were Monroe Falls or... Somewhere, somewhere, it was in the Cleveland area, but I can't remember exactly. But that name sounds familiar to me. Okay, um, so we were doing an investigation with them, and they had actually uh, asked us to do a separate investigation at a separate location the same night, which happened to be at a family home um, yep. where we were helping parents with a, I guess, with a child who was supposedly seeing things and having nightmares. Um, but after we finished that investigation, we went to this area, this location called Ghost Alley, uh, which was near the Akron area. Um, 
and this one particular moment, uh, me and this woman named Erin, I believe, um, were sitting down in the basement by ourselves, completely pitch black, huge basement, all concrete. Uh, there is a, like a warehouse area. There is a, uh, a kitchen area. And then there is kind of like a boiler room, which is creepy in itself. Uh, and we were just sitting there. We were talking. We were asking questions. We had the uh, EVP out, <clears throat> our digital voice recorder. And we asked this one question. If, can, if whoever is around, if there is anyone around, if they can make a noise. And nothing happens. So we decided to just sit there and just have a normal conversation, and we're talking, and all of a sudden we just hear this loud bang come from the back kitchen, and it was just tremendously loud to the point where when I mean, she jumped a mile, um, of course I didn't because I'm a man and I'm awesome like that. Right, yeah. Um, uh, you you didn't just, like, run towards the door or anything. Right, no. No, actually, <laughs> we both jumped up and immediately stormed towards the area. She actually went around one way and I went the other so we could cut off whatever or whoever it might have been uh, that made that noise if there was anything there. So we darted two different directions with the flashlight, met up on the other side. Uh, and it was quite a, quite a long uh, little jog to, to finally meet up again. And, of course, we found absolutely nothing. And there was there was a fridge in there, but there, there couldn't have possibly been a dent in it that maybe popped out or anything like that. So you really don't know what it was or where it came from. But it was really interesting and was even more interesting Considering how loud it was, and we were in this concrete basement, it would have it did echo, and you, we heard it echo, um, and yet we did not catch it on EVP whatsoever. So very, very interesting. I do remember that particular one, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember if I had any experiences there. I don't think so, because um, I was I walking know, around. I know what you're in. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were walking around a lot there in the basement. Did we have anybody up in the actual bowling area, um, during that time? There were a few people up in the bowling area, um, but that was something I believe we did debunk. No one was allowed to throw the ball, roll the bowling ball down. Uh, and I don't think anyone dropped it because the sound, it did not, you know, there are sounds that, very obviously resonate through the floor. And right. this one didn't get through the floor. It came from a room that we were, you know, in, in a separate room that was in the basement with us. So, Okay. All it, right. It well, was very sound that came from a very distinct direction. And that's the thing, folks. Um, if you have ever done any type a, of mock ghost hunts, um, you're, you should always be, debunking something first before you're saying, oh my god, there's a ghost making noises. Um, because there's usually more of a logical explanation to certain things. Um, all right, well, Eric knows the story that I'm going to tell, um, and it's it, it gets into a little bit of legality, but we were doing an investigation with a another uh, investigation group. Ours was a little bit smaller one. Um, then there's, um, and we were asked to, um, join them on an investigation of a prior home of a serial killer. Um, I won't, won't say the person's name or the group's name just because I just don't want any problems. Um, but, uh, at one point 
everybody was sitting in the living area of the of the home um that had been remodeled um and uh i had my ghost box going which if you don't know what a ghost box is it's basically just a radio modified to constantly flip through uh stations so that uh spirits can pick up and make words out of the broadcasts um and um unfortunately i didn't have an external speaker at the time somebody was just listening through headphones and uh that was kind of hard because it was only one person interpreting what the the spirit was saying um so we're all sitting around and at one point um somebody asks are you here with us the person listening to the ghost boss says yes um and i say um okay can you do something to to prove it or no i said where are you? And the person says, the the ghost box says right here or right next to you. Um, and I said, okay, well, can you prove it to me? And as soon as I ended that sentence, I kid you not, I felt somebody almost caress my neck as if a, in a lover type manner, which I don't even want to get into because it still creeps me out to this day. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm done with this conversation. And, um, yeah, that's gotta be one of the creepiest moments, uh, in my paranormal investigative career, because quite honestly, I haven't been touched. I hadn't been touched like that before. Haven't been touched like that since, um, I have had other experiences by being touched, but not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was very obviously, I mean, for you, a frightening experience. I mean, I was in the room for that particular moment. Um, and that, that spirit box, I mean, you know, a lot of you know, the spirit box isn't something we really can go by uh, for any type of significant evidence. But the things that happened were eerily um, coincidence, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and just the mere, like, look on Justin's face when that happened to him uh, pretty much said it all. And, yeah, I mean, you really did stop right there. You get, you passed it off to one of the other members of the team. <laughs> you can continue doing this. Uh, <laughs> I believe we ended up walking out for a little while. Um, I probably did. Um, <laughs> investigating elsewhere. Um, yeah, it's, uh, that was a pretty good – that particular investigation is pretty good. And I had gotten one of the um, – best class A EVP that I've ever gotten was at that particular house. Yeah. Um, And I was sitting in the bedroom all by myself. There were some uh, other investigators that were walking uh, past the room outside. I was leaning up against the wall underneath the window, and I can hear them walking by, and I actually saw them walking by. Um, But as I was sitting there, and there was no one around, I heard no one, saw no one, this giant uh, orange-yellow-colored orb kind of floated down in the hallway past the door and then floated back up and into the bathroom. And it was probably right around maybe five feet off the ground. It was almost a perfect circle. Um, I tried to debunk it as a flashlight, perhaps someone walking by. But, I mean, 
there was no one that walked by. I didn't hear anyone walk by. It didn't look like a flashlight by any means. Uh, at the angle that I was, that the flash, like if someone was outside and they stuck the flashlight in the window, it, it's just impossible that it, the orb would have showed up where it did uh, just because the wall of the house was much higher than the walkway. Um, so if someone did flash a flashlight in there, it would have appeared on the ceiling. And this was very, very much somewhere in the center of the hallway. It wasn't free floating. Like that. Yeah, it was a free floating orb. Uh, it was the first orb I've ever. No, it wasn't the first orb I've ever seen. Actually, now I think about it. But it was one of the most um, clear orbs I've ever seen with my own eyes. And so I asked a question. I said, uh, "What is your name?" And it didn't, I didn't get anything on EVP when I looked back. But then I said, my name is Eric. And as I'm uh, listening back to the EVP, I hear my voice go, my name is Eric. And then I hear, Eric. And that's probably the best EVP I've ever gotten in all of our investigations. And we've done quite a few. Um, <laughs> but it was something that definitely got to me because I knew it wasn't me obviously, and there was no one else around. And for it to show up on the EVP as loud as it, and I still have the EVP to this very day. Uh, I refuse <laughs> to get rid of it because it's so amazing. Um, so it's definitely unexplainable, definitely paranormal, uh, whether or not it's a spirit or, you know, there's something else. I don't know. I have not been able to debunk it, though. So it's that's what we count as a, a possible paranormal experience right there. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, like, even if it was um, some type of glitch in the in the recorder, you would think that it would still be your voice and still audible in the volume that you did it in. Mm-hmm. Correct. To to like to be trying to debunk it that way. Um, right. So, folks, that is our Halloween episode. Um, we're getting close to the end here, so I want to give you guys just a rundown really fast of what's coming up in the next couple weeks here. Uh, we're going to be talking, or uh, we'll be talking about uh, astral projections or out-of-body experiences. Uh, me and Eric talked extensively about this personally um, about a week or so ago and thought that it would be definitely a good topic to talk about because, as everybody knows, there are two perspectives to this show. Um, and um, we both have very distinct um, views. Uh, yeah, views on this, as well as um, just a, a little bit of explanation on those views. Um, and then after that, uh, we'll be having on Bill Scott, uh, which uh, Jerry was so kind to uh, get us introduced to him as well. Um, and um, since... She was our only caller today that shared an experience. Um, we're going to be giving her a Paratruth Radio uh, poster. Um, and, uh, Jerry, we will get your information later, so just uh, wait for us to, to contact you for that. Um, and um, after that, as taboo as it is, uh, we're trying to get on a group uh, that's for zombie um apocalypse survival. Uh yep. so stay tuned for that folks. Um on that note, my name's Justin and I'm Eric and we will see you guys next week. Peace.
I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For nine years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield. Another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, racial approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food. Whether they're here in France like me, or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So, come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app!